0: A start. On demand.
1: On his first day on the job, Manitoba's new Minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Affairs got himself into some seriously hot water with some contentious comments about residential schools, to the point where he was confronted by NDP leader Wab canoe during his introductory press conference. Today we spoke to Wab Canoe, and his message, as Loren McNabb describes it, was far more gracious than any of us could have been. We also spoke to a mother who shared an emotional story of a long-awaited pandemic reunion, finally getting to see her son again for the first time in over two years. And it's another hot weekend that got us thinking about our favourite summer songs. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Friday, July 16th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us on a Friday morning, and it's going to be a busy Friday morning for us. We've got a lot of ground to cover, and I suppose we're going to start... In Barrie, Ontario, where Greg, uh, some of the images and video of this tornado, uh, just shocking stuff.
0: Anytime a tornado hits a populated area, what we think of as a metropolitan area, so to speak, it is startling. Uh, you know, you go back to the Eli tornado, uh, Eli, a small community west of Winnipeg, you sort of expect that, but you know, you go back to the Edmonton tornado decades ago, that was shocking, not only for the number of people who lost their lives, but to see the damage in those metropolitan parts of a large city like Edmonton and then yesterday in Barrie uh, I had the the same I- exact sense I, I have uh, relatives who live in that part of Ontario and uh, I don't know for whatever reason you get it in your head that that tornadoes uh, particularly in Canada don't hit don't hit neighborhoods that's not the case yesterday
2: I think what's uh, also going through people's minds is that Of course, we have a tornado season, if you will, which falls sort of around this time of year. And with it being so hot, we've been, I've been personally wondering if we're going to see storms like that in whether it's Ontario or BC or, or, but, but here in Manitoba, and we've been so desperate for rain. But often when it gets so hot like this, you comes with the threat, that big tornado threat. So just, uh, I think you stumbled across some video this morning, Brett, and some audio of what it would be like to go through that tornado, but then also just Discover your whole neighborhood has been decimated.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the video of a woman arriving to find what happened to her house.
3: Oh my god, a tornado just hit her house. Adam, the roof is gone. The roof is gone. Oh my god. Holy s,
4: the Jeep's gone. Stay
2: there.
4: Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Holy Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. God. Our house is
1: gone. Oh my God.
2: Oh, my God, the roof is
1: gone. That's heartbreaking audio. I mean, you, the the panic, the emotion, just the, you can hear her go into the house and it sounded like there was actual open air, as she was saying. The, the roof is gone. The Jeep is gone. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that.
0: I'm looking at aerial footage right now, uh, Loren and Brett, of this neighborhood in Barrie and the randomness. To which or at which these tornadoes, uh, you know, you can have a, a standing home with very little damage uh, on one on one property and then right next to it, a, a home that has lost its roof or been completely destroyed right next door. It is just Mother Nature is so powerful. The randomness of the act, I, I just can't imagine. I don't know where that woman was coming from. I don't know if she was in her basement uh, taking cover and then came up to realize what had happened to her home, but you can just, just awestruck, just bewilderment uh, in her voice, Lauren.
2: You're going to, we're going to have more on this throughout the day. I'm sure as we learn more about the strength of that tornado and then the overall damage that was done. And that, that came after that. That's a natural disaster that just causes such catastrophic results. And then that was just hours after earlier in the day, I was already had my jaw dropping for another event that happened at the Manitoba legislature. And, and we're going to get more into this at 637 with the comments of the newly appointed indigenous minister for Manitoba and what he had to say about residential schools yesterday, which led to a heated exchange between Alan Lajamodier and NDP leader, Wab canoe But I didn't watch that live, Greg, I think you said you you're the one that sent me the video. Um, and we've been playing some of the audio in our newscast, and my jaw dropped as he was talking. And then I was screaming at the, no, stop talking, stop saying that, stop, stop, stop. And I can only imagine how many residential school survivors and their families were, who have been internally or externally screaming for years to get this country to better understand exactly what this residential school system was all about. were are listening to what Alan Lajemodier had to say, and, and his quote that He said he believed that they were doing their thought they were doing the right thing at the time, that they were giving, quote, indigenous kids the skills and abilities they would need to fit into society as they move forward. That version of events, Greg needs to die. And we need to stop trying to look back on history like that and accept the truth. That's the only way to move forward. And speaking of moving forward, I do not know how this new minister stays on in this role. Wab Kanu has said that they're going to try to work with him, but, but I do not know how you move on after an exchange like that.
0: Our uh, colleague, Alicia Dacey, who is our senior content producer for our website, Carvested that audio, tweeted it out. It's been seen almost 700,000 times. So think about this. This is a Manitoba story. It's really becoming a Canadian story and how long before it becomes an international story. And Wab Canoe gaining a lot of respect from many, many folks, many of the comments saying, I don't typically agree with Wob Canoe, but what he did today, or in this case, yesterday, uh, gave me a whole new respect. His calm approach, but also calling out in real time. You know, we talk about fake news and we get that thrown around and, and thrown at us from time to time. Wob Canoe uh, called out somebody in real time yesterday. He did it with dignity. He did it with facts. He did it calmly, coolly and collected. We'll speak with him later on this morning. And uh, this has got to be not only a tipping point, in my opinion, for this portfolio within the government of Manitoba, but it has to be it has to be a tipping point for the Pallister government one way or the other.
1: Question of the day at CJOB.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. And the question is, considering the recent comments by the newly appointed Minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Affairs, what do you think should happen? 72% say his apology is enough. Everyone deserves a second chance. 28% say he should resign. So you can cast your vote at CJOB.com. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock. Loren, what are we talking about there?
2: Oh, I can't wait to hear this story, Brett. I think we've all, you know, imagined the moments we can't wait to have post-COVID or as we reopen. And the moment that a mom shared with us that she had with her son after surprising him and seeing him for the first time in about two years has been shared with us through pictures, the joy on her face. We're going to hear more just about the reunion. The reunions we all are can't wait to have with loved ones once we can see so many people again as we continue to travel on. She's been... Just desperate to see her family. She's in Nova Scotia. He's in Winnipeg. That reunion finally happened this week. And we're going to chat with her. And my hands are waving out of excitement for this. (laughs)
1: Okay, well, that's great. We're looking forward to that uplifting story. And we do need some uplifting stories uh, because it has been a troubling few days in this country as more light is shed on a dark part of Canada's history.
2: Yeah, of course, we learned more yesterday about the possibility that more bodies had been identified at the site of a former BC residential school. And of course, as you've been hearing over the past couple of days uh, in our news and in all our talk shows, uh, a Manitoba First Nation community is dealing with a mental health crisis. And so all this comes as the province announces a new minister for Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern rela- Relations. His name, of course, is Dr. Alan Lajamodir. And in his first press conference of the day, after numerous numerous questions from reporters about his new portfolio. The minister made a series of contentious and concerning comments regarding residential schools, including this
5: one. From uh, my knowledge of it, um, the, the residential school system was designed to take indigenous children and give them the skills and abilities they would need to fit into uh, society as it moved forward.
0: That's difficult to listen to, not only for you, not only for me, but Manitoba's opposition leader Wab Kinew. He'd been standing close by, waiting to speak to reporters following the uh, uh, the press conference for Doctor Lajemodiere, and he took exception to the new minister's remark, which led to this heated exchange.
6: I am an honorary witness for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I listen to the stories of the survivors. Yes, I cannot accept you saying what you just said about residential schools. It was the expressed intent of residential schools to kill the Indian in the child. It is not cultural relativism. It is not revisionist history. For us to say that that was wrong. Any right minded person. At the time should have known that it was wrong. Many did know and speak up against it. And if you are to take your job that you've been appointed to by Mr. Pallister seriously, starting today, you have to
5: change that thinking. I look forward to working with you in the future.
0: That exchange comes on the heels of one of the Premier's former ministers resigning and the second cabinet shuffle this year, Global's Brittany Greenslade,
5: has more.
3: The statements were shocking.
5: I believe they really did think that they
3: were doing the right thing. Manitoba MLA, Alan Lajmodier, who is Métis, says the institutions of residential schools were started with good intentions.
5: What I want to see my children, uh, my, my grandchildren, taken away from me and put into an institution. Um, at the time, I believe they really did think that they were doing the right thing.
3: The controversial comments were interrupted by NDP opposition leader Wab Canoe.
5: You can't
6: be out here defending residential schools if you want to work with indigenous communities.
3: Laj was appointed to the job after his predecessor Eileen Clark resigned. She quit after Premier Brian Pallister responded to the Canada Day toppling of statues in front of Manitoba's legislature. The Premier said colonial settlers did not come to Canada to destroy things, but to build up communities. I have spoken up on several issues, but I feel my voice and other voices were not heard in cabinet, she said in a statement. Change is necessary. Inappropriate words and actions can be very damaging. But again, the premier doubled down with similar comments just before introducing his new minister.
6: I paid tribute to Canadians. I paid tribute to pre-Canada builders. I spoke about people who came here with hope to build families and communities. I spoke with sincerity. I spoke genuinely.
3: Moments after the minister's first news conference, he tweeted an apology, saying he misspoke, adding residential schools were meant to assimilate Indigenous children, which was wrong then and wrong now. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. So NDP leader Wab canoe will be joining us in about two
2: hours' time at 8.35 to explain how he felt in that moment yesterday. Just for our listeners' understanding, we did ask the new a minister of indigenous reconciliation, Alan Lazermoder to join us. We offered several time options and were told that, uh, he wasn't doing interviews until next week. So we are asking, you know, we're, I don't know, will he stay on? And I, I personally would like to know if the conservative party understands just how damaging his words were.
1: Now, in a since-deleted tweet, the PC caucus put out yesterday this message, quote, we are all committed to meaningful progress on reconciliation. The political showmanship of storming into someone else's press conference to bully a minister who was sworn in only 10 minutes earlier does nothing to advance reconciliation. Again, that tweet, Greg, has since been deleted.
0: Yeah, so lots of doubling down, tripling down, if you like on these sentiments, on the Premier's views, you know, without truth, there is no reconciliation. And until we start accepting the truth of what happened, until our leaders understand the truth and prove that they understand the truth of what happened, yes, in our past, yes, in our deep, dark past, it. but what happened... And it continues to happen. The effects are felt every single day in our society. And until we wrap our heads around and start speaking the appropriate language, we're not going to move anywhere. And it's time for more listening. And uh, I look forward to listening to Wob to Canoe in a couple hours time, see how he feels uh, less than 24 hours later after this on-the-spot fact-check of of Minister Lager-Modier.
1: And again, the question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness 204-832-6243. Considering the recent comments by the newly appointed Minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Affairs, what do you think should happen? 72% say his apology is enough. Everyone deserves a second chance. 28% say he should resign. Cast your vote, cjob.com. Kling, McGarry, and McNabb, $20 gift certificate, Santa Lucia Pizza, given away just after 9.15, and, you know, we were thinking there's a lot of heavy stuff in the news today, in the news this week, and for this segment, we're going to, we always try to use this segment as a way to just lighten it up and have some fun with you, and uh, we figured, you know what, it's a hot week, and a lot of people are taking summer vacation, so let's talk about your favorite songs of the summer. And it doesn't have to be a song about summer. It could be a song that came out in the summer or just a song that makes you think of summer. Maybe you went on a vacation somewhere and whenever you hear a song in particular, it makes you think of that. Like uh, when, when I, whenever I hear Nickelback, uh, This Is How <laughs> You Remind Me, it makes me think of a time when I went to Red Lake Falls. So uh, some very happy memories associated with that particular tune. That's not my favorite song, by the way. But so let's go around the horn here. Greg Mackling,
0: why don't you start yes, us off, buddy? Well, uh, this song contains uh, three of my favorite things. Memories of the summer of 1986 when my brother and I went to Vancouver, basically on our own. We stayed with our grandparents, but had free reign three full days at Expo 86 in Vancouver. And uh, my favorite band uh, for all times, uh, Van Halen with Sammy Hagar at the mic and radio. Hot summer nights. (laughs) And my radio. That's all we need, baby. Don't you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there it is. That was a good
1: Van Halen grunt.
0: (laughs) Sammy, little, I'm here. I'm warming up. Eddie, play a little more guitar. Anyway, it's a great song. And if it doesn't get you wound up for, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, making uh, s'mores and roasting marshmallows around the fire, we can't do that for the next couple of weeks. Um, nothing will.
1: Oh, there's some drums. I was wondering, does this song have any drums or is it just a uh, guitar? It's just oh, guitars and yeah, <laughs> long <laughs> drums. <drumming.
0: laughs> Self-adulation.
7: Uh,
1: okay. Um, let's go jump to Skyler Peters. Mr. Peters, what would be uh, your selection? Yeah,
7: kind of go the exact opposite way. Mine, uh... Is I guess it's kind of an easy pick because the name Summer is in the title, but uh, it's just nothing but Summer by Dallas Smith. Um, first, like, What's that? Sorry, that was sorry that came out of nowhere, but yeah, that Dallas Smith used to be part of Default, which was a rock band, and I liked them at the time, and then he switched over to country, and uh, I think. First two country fests I went up to in Dauphin, he was a part of both of them and uh, happy he has not been there since, not that we could have gone anyway, because uh, I don't know if I'd have a voice to come back to uh, <laughs> this radio career of mine after his concerts. So really? I, didn't, Scali- I remember I did in fan. 2015, so yeah. That's me. So uh, yeah, that uh, that would be the easy easy pick for me. You
1: didn't peg him as a country fan, there,
0: Laren? No,
2: just that I am, and I'm like the lone country fan. No, every I'm time a big we...
0: country fan. What are you talking what? about? What's yeah, happening? That's that's my thing. I country music above everything else. <laughs> was,
2: I mean, since the loss of Kelly Moore, I've been like, there's no country fan. There's there's uh, this is terrific. I'm not going to derail this. I'll stop. Continue.
1: I will add that uh, <laughs> while I go golfing, Loren, with my buddy Brandon, country music has become my music, my favorite music yes! on the golf course because it's be. This like this this song is, it's upbeat but it's relaxing. So and it it just makes you feel good,
7: makes you feel happy. This is lake music. You go to the lake, you know, you have a brew. And hanging out with your friends, this is what's on the background. The
2: only problem with country music, they, the kids the other day were singing a line about whiskey, and I was like, "Hey, you could be singing about whiskey," and they're like, "All the country songs are about whiskey," and I was like, "Ugh."
0: Better yeah. than them rapping, Lorraine. <laughs> Trust me on that. One.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, Mr. Poetress, let's go to you. Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep this going here. Love, the
0: light. love it. Love, my light.
1: love it. I, like yes, I, like I sure do. <laughs>
5: <laughs> One ball. Nope, dug
1: too many sumpits in my life. I'm not long roads. Oh, that's why I work in radio.
5: I ain't cut to climb high line I'm afraid of heights.
0: <laughs> pretty good beer. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm pretty good but is Bud Light really beer? That
1: is the question. <laughs> Billy Currington, and of course it is, Greg. Of course oh. it is. It's the perfect beer for a hot summer night. And uh, Billy
0: Currington, pretty good at drinking beer. So we're going to keep the country good times running rolling
1: we got to get you to try some <laughs> some local beers that are in the same vein as light but yeah great tune great great explanation mr poitress uh loren mcnab
2: well now i was ashamed. i was going to pull out Lo- low cash love this life i love this life which is a country song i listen to every time i hit the road uh, i was going to actually then switch over to a little garth brooks which i always play in this segment i think whenever we talk songs so i switched up in honor of our 707 segment Aww.
5: This
8: is of course
2: Ed Sheeran. I don't know what's of course for everybody, but uh, this is his song uh, "Castle" and um, "On the song. Hill." Castle on the Hill, and its just because of that line, I can't wait to go home. And I'm on my way. That's how I'm feeling right now in anticipation of my own road trip coming up this summer. I've got family I haven't seen in almost two years, and we had Linda text in to say she's having a reunion with her daughter after two years tonight on her way back to Manitoba. All these people coming home, baby.
1: And I'm Mr. Dying. Mr. Forte? Save us, Jeff. Oh yeah. Ah!
7: yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm out in uh, the uh, hot summer sun. You know, I want to get that sexy summer bod. <laughs> <laughs> boy. Puts, puts a little pep in my
1: step. L-M-F-A-O is the group. What's the name of the song, Mr. Fortier? Sexy and I know it. <laughs> that <is>
0: perfect.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, turn it up. Yeah! we <laughs> gotta ride the horse!
8: <laughs>
1: alright, alright, so here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Tell us what your favorite summer song is and tell us why. If you have a story, you can associate with that even better. We'll give away that $20 gift certificate, send Lucia Pizza at 915. McGarry and McNabb, this summer song for Andrea texting us. Brad Paisley beat this summer. Years ago, pre child, my husband and I took a road trip to South Dakota and listened to this CD and song over and over and over again on our trip. Every time I hear it to this day, it brings me back to driving through the badlands. Windows down, warm Dakota breeze hitting my face, and not a care in the world. From that day forward, it's become our official summer road trip kickoff song. Andrea, well said. Great pick. Keep your favorite songs in the summer coming at 204-780-6868, and we will give away that $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia just after 9.15. Now, I think we've all imagined perhaps dozens, maybe hundreds of times, the moments we can't wait to have again. I've mentioned next week, I'm uh, get to. i going on a little road trip to Minidosa and Nipahwa to do some golf with my buddies, and we were wondering, are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to be allowed to do this under the public health order? And on Wednesday, we got the green light, so I am pumped to be able to go hang out with my friends for a weekend.
2: Yeah, I think there's so many of us that it's either experiences that you've just missed out on, or maybe it's just hanging out with your family and friends who don't live here, or we've all been in and out of restrictions. And yesterday, a listener sent us a photo of a reunion she had just had with her son. And it had all of us, I think we can agree, reacting either with just huge smiles or maybe even tears. It's a picture of a mother and son or adult son hugging. And that's a hug that was two years in the making and you can see that they are squeezing each other greg as tightly as possible in that moment
0: yeah the mom in that picture is shelly quaid and she joins us now good morning shelly
4: hi everybody hello hi
0: i got absolute goosebumps uh (laughs) and i confess to tearing up as I'm apt to do from time to time when I saw those pictures that you sent us and your account of what happened and and your reunion with your son, how long had it been since you'd seen him?
4: Well, it was two years because I had been on a, the last I remember was on a trip coming back from Vancouver in 2020. And I always stop when I'm coming back from a work trip. I always stop in Winnipeg and I was really sick with a respiratory infection. So anyway, I I I flew straight home to Halifax, and I didn't stop in Winnipeg, and I've regretted that ever since. I never got to see him.
1: So this reunion, was it a surprise? Like, how did it work?
4: Oh, yeah, it was a surprise. So we knew that as soon as we got our shots, and we had to wait the two weeks, I just sort of had started to plant at that point that um, we had, he uses a medical device and that I ha- I was going to have it sh- a piece of it shipped to him and he had to sign for it. So he didn't even question it. So he just assumed, you know, I kept reminding him, remember on Tuesday, I remember on Tuesday that they're coming, the courier is coming. And uh, so we waited outside his apartment and then I just called him and I said, the courier said he's waiting outside. <laughs> and he came down and he was like... I was I couldn't even believe it. I didn't even recognize him because his hair is like <laughs> so crazy. And he didn't recognize me cuz he didn't expect me to be there and we haven't physically seen each other in so long. So it was it was a perfect surprise
2: out so in that moment, shall I are you running up to him, or like what are you saying yeah. to him? And just just, just kind of walk us through what's going through your head as you finally, I mean, hugging. I hugging my kids every day is the greatest joy of my life. I can't imagine going two years. So just walk us through oh. it all.
4: Well, it was horrible. It's, it's been a horrible two years. It's been a like it's you know all through COVID. We talked every day, and I mean just what people don't understand with everybody is the mental health that, as well like the mental health issues that you have not being able to see the people that you love physically it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable to get through that so we're hi- so I was hiding and my husband was taping on his phone and we were waiting and waiting and he was taking a while to come down and then all of a sudden he comes literally bounding down the steps towards this courier and I, I, I was just it was like my heart was finally healing. It was incredible. So my husband actually I, I had to push me towards him and say, that's him, that's him. And, like, I can't even describe how awesome it was.
0: The connection between mums and their sons. Um, tell it from the mum from the point of view. I, I lived huh. away and moved away and lost my mum almost 20 years ago and, and miss her every day. But I surprised her a couple different times when i was living away and it's special on the son standpoint but talk about being away from your son and and the things that you're considering right now and in in regard to distance and, and living so far away if you don't mind
4: well it was uh to not see him and he's got a health concern and to have to try to deal with that from far away and it was as a mom like, you sit there and you just think, like, is, is today the day? And he's also an essential worker. So he had to go to work because, I mean, he, we can't afford to not. And uh, so he had to go to work. And the worry that I had in Nova Scotia, knowing that he was working as an essential worker and he had to do it, and that if he got, if he got COVID, he would die. It was really hard as a mom to be, to be so far away and uh so we're moving back when we're moving back um okay okay calm down my husband is in the military so we're just waiting for the uh, we've put in for a move and um he's just waiting for his posting message to come back so we should hopefully be back this summer like we should it should be as soon as possible and it's not just for him it's for it's for our entire family that have We've had gone through tragedy last June, couldn't be here for the funeral. Like, all of the stuff that we've had to to do, be living by ourselves in Nova Scotia, away from everybody, it's like life, you know, your plan changes, you know, just like that.
2: Shelley, so please don't so, calm down. You're, you've got us all tearing <laughs> up and in a good way. I think this is the stories and the moments we need to have and celebrate. And, the, and for you to be able to come home permanently, I think... Uh, What's your son thinking? I I know he's at work this morning or heading to work, but what what's his reaction knowing that mom's coming home?
4: Oh, he's excited! Like he's super independent, but it's just sometimes you just need your mom, and to be in the middle of all of this, and I think as young like young people, he's twenty five, like. They were feeling like there was nothing to look forward to, and like you told know, it, you know, hey, we're going to go on a trip next summer. Like you couldn't do anything. It was he was like, completely isolated due to his immune system, and he didn't, uh, you know, you can't see anybody. He couldn't see his dad who lives in the city. He, there was nothing he could he could do. So as a mom, like you're completely helpless, and. You know, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to focus on on my life there, but you can't because you know that you've left your family behind, and you can't help even if you wanted to.
1: Shelly Quaid, thank you so much for sharing this story with us. We needed to hear something like this, and uh, we're we're so happy for you. It
4: is good. It's awesome. And when you, when when you get to see your family after that amount of time, whether it's six months or two months, it's like don't take it for granted ever. Because look how fast they shut us down, right? And then I couldn't get home. And I kept saying, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see him in February. And it was too late. So it's, you know, just act now.
1: Shelley Quaid, thank you very much for joining us. Good
4: morning, everybody. Thank you.
1: All right. It is 714 on 680 CJOB. Wonderful story. Loren, thanks for uh, making sure that we got that on the air. Uh. I'm gonna yeah, get her address.
2: Lot. I'm gonna get her new address and go give her a hug. <laughs>
1: Gee whiz! She looks
2: like a good hugger.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> question about it. You guys can have a hug showdown. Yes. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry and McNabb We're asking you to tell us your favorite songs of the summer Doesn't have to be a song about summer Just something that makes you think of summer Or a song that came out in the summer Lolita texting for example Sunny days, oh sunny, sunny days By Lighthouse, 1972 Sunny Days Takes me back to being a teenager again Hopping on the bus, going to Birds Hill Park With my ghetto blaster (laughs) Right on, Lolita so keep those coming. I didn't get mine in, so I'll tell you what mine. Well, this is what I was going to go with at first.
9: Hey, I, I,
1: this song puts a smile on my face immediately. It's impossible not to feel like summer. It could be minus 30 and i will hear this song. And it paints uh, a
0: picture, doesn't it?
1: Well, yes. I, I do very much enjoy the music video, but I'm, I'm calling an audible because Fortier, when he played L-M-F-A-O, oh, no. that made me think of this. Party Rock Anthem, yeah, which I believe was actually the song of the summer, the year that it came out. Uh, so yeah, this one instantly makes me think of summer, partying in the summer, having a beer with some friends, whatever. Everybody, just have a good time.
0: <laughs> My <laughs> husband just, just came jump up st- and down and yeah. th- throw your hands up in the air and <laughs> wave them around like you just don't care. Like, it's just one of those songs where you're just Aww. sort of transported to a concert scene i think i I don't know that 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 song gets me going too or a sporting event or something that's a good one Brett. and loren what was your husband saying oh he just came downstairs he's like what is everybody laughing so hard about this morning (laughs) because he can hear me
2: up in the bedroom just giggling and yelling yes and i just try to walk him through all these different songs (laughs) 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 they're all so good they're so bad they're good they're so good they're bad i don't know
1: Jacqueline, McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning. This song is called Summer's Cool by Jimmy Buffett. And that request, that summer song from Bruce the Parrothead. Yeah. And I admit that I'm only reading it because I enjoy identifying Bruce the Parrothead in Nipahwa. <laughs> <laughs> I've Gotta get this I can't remember the story why he's Bruce the parrot head. Do you Loren? No! I was just gonna ask you, why do we have him in the system like that? Bruce,
2: shoot us attack seven eight zero sixty eight. Self-identification.
0: That's what he calls himself. Yeah, but why? Yeah, I wonder oh oh, oh why does he oh Yeah. I understand now. Yeah. Like what? Because attention? he got maybe he got
2: colorful hair. Maybe he has that kind of parrot like walk. Maybe he repeats things people say. <laughs> Peep things people say <laughs> like, I don't know
0: You likes crackers perhaps
1: so keep texting us your favorite summer songs at 204-780-6868 chance to win a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia pizza we'll give that away just after 9.15 no Jeff Braun this week but we gotta do a quick couch potato segment Mr. Forte. oh boy Is that what it sounded like, Loren, when your sister was playing? What, yeah. what was she playing? The, the-
2: oboe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: you got it. That that should be like that should have a label on it. You know how you have PG thirteen or eighteen and up. That should have like cannot play unless you went to. Music University. Hey, hey, hey! School. That was Uh, horrible. All you can say
7: is, (laughs) uh, all
0: you can say is, I'm sexy and I know it. (laughs) Sexy. Look at that. Two great puns. What did you say, Greg? That was horrible.
1: <laughs> and then. Ah! And then Forte- I missed that one. Excellent. <laughs> and then Forte was sexy. Right on, guys. So listen movie theaters open tomorrow, and there is a big Woo-hoo. new movie out this weekend, just in time for Manitoba and Ontario to join the rest of the country in reopening their theaters. And it's a sequel to this movie that came out in 1996. Oh, got to turn that up. Now I can do that. Welcome, King James.
0: I'm a cartoon? Oh, no. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Bugs! Bring it here, man. Well, that's
1: actually a clip from the new movie. The movie was Space Jam. Remember that? Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, and a bunch of Looney Tunes. They had to defeat a team of aliens in basketball with Jordan's help. That movie was not well-reviewed, but it was a smash hit and is now a beloved classic. Greg Mackling, have you seen Space Jam.
0: Uh, at least a dozen times really hello <laughs> yes <laughs> it's got the looney tunes check mark michael jordan check mark and it's got aliens check mark you can't go wrong with that movie loren The stars hello no
2: i don't think so but just yesterday my kids uh and a couple friends were talking about can that be the first movie that they get to go to ah. together and i said well have you seen the first one and then they said the same thing uh yeah i was <laughs> so like what When (laughs) I got to do some better (laughs) monitoring of
1: (laughs) the
0: content here.
1: And Forte, you've seen Space Jam, right? Of course. I was actually watching at the
0: lake uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Boy, Jeff.
1: And uh, so now here we are, back in 2021. They're going back to the basketball court with King James. This time, LeBron James in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Hey, what'd you do to my son? (laughs) The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. You want to play me and basketball? So, yep, they got to play basketball again to save the world. And in this one, it's an interesting blend of animation because that first one was just live action and cartoons. But now there's some scenes where it's cartoons where even LeBron James is a cartoon. But then when they come into the live action realm, the Looney Tunes get the CG treatment and it looks pretty slick. Again, not getting the best reviews, but this looks like a big, colorful, great, fun movie to watch on the big screen when movie theater is open tomorrow. And I'd also point out on the subject of summer songs uh, mm-hmm. that uh, 1996 Space Jam yielded one of the best rap songs of the '90s. Greeting, Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Fortier, I think you played this song. Oh, yeah. The Monstars, yeah, yeah, yeah. hit him high. Em low, em low, I love this song. I still listen to this song in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's this a great, a
2: great driving song.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, put you the windows be down.
0: Back. You gotta sit back. Yeah, here. you gotta put the seat back. You gotta for put sure. the seat way back. Arm yeah. out but the
1: window. <laughs> Yo. Uh, listen, I, I, I should also put this out, or want to point this out. I missed this news last week. Uh, a Quiet Place, part two, even though you can now go see that on the big screen, it's actually, if you have Amazon Prime Video, you have access to it right now at home, as of this past Tuesday. And I guess they made the that change to throw Ontario and Manitoba a bone. <laughs> and then, of course, a couple of days later, Both provinces uh, move into their next phase of reopening. But uh, yeah, so that movie came out May 28th. They expedited the process to get it to streaming. So if you don't want to go to the movie theater just yet, but you want to see A Quiet Place Part 2, you can see that at home on Amazon Prime Video. And that's a genuine dilemma for me because there are several movies I want to see, Loren. I want to see A Quiet Place Part 2, and I want to see Black Widow again on the big screen, and I want to see F9, and maybe even the Space Jam... I'm gonna eat so much popcorn, my stomach's gonna be so sore. And
2: that's a movie I, I, you know, I was just, you almost got an angry text from me just earlier this week because I was going through the streaming services and thinking like, should I cancel some of these now? You know, things are going to be returning to normal. And I went on the Amazon. I was like, oh, this is out. I could watch this right now. And of course, it's like bedtime and I don't want to start it then. (laughs) And I was like, why didn't Brett tell me? (laughs) And I was always mad at you. And then the, you know, theaters could open. And I'm thinking now uh, it's a pretty good movie to watch in a theater.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be a good one to see in a the theater. I would prefer to see this one in a packed house. So, and I'm I'm really curious to see what kind of demand there's going to be at the movie theaters, you know, with the 50% capacity A and then the fully vaccinated uh, portion B. But uh, I know a lot of people, Greg, excited to get back into the movies.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to to find something that, that suits me. I don't know if the Space Jam 2 will, will do it for me, but this A Quiet Place, can you help me? I feel like I'm so out of the oh, loop on, as man. I am with several <laughs> things. Usually it's movies, though. I, I just don't keep up. I don't listen to enough uh, coach potatoes, clearly. Quiet I'm only reacting
2: that way because, Brett, you know why. Because it is, cre- it is by John Krasinski, like, The Office. Jim, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, John, but Jim. Jim from The Office.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jim, Jim John. Jim from The Office wrote and directed A Quiet Place. Came out a couple of years ago, and it's set in a world where these monsters have taken over, uh, but they hunt by sound. They can't see ah, you.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: But if they hear you, then you're dead. And uh, Got it. So John Krasinski and real-life wife Emily Blunt and their kids have to navigate this world in total silence, including their newborn baby. So imagine that nightmare. And it was the first movie was wonderful. It was scary and suspenseful. And the sequel, by all accounts, sounds like it's pretty good as well. Uh, so... I will have to make a decision as to where I watch this, but I will be getting back to the movies at some point in the next week or so. Couch Potatoes podcast, by the way, now available. And you can also listen to the show, of course, at 12 noon on Saturdays, 6 p.m. on Sundays. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Manitoba's newly minted minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Relations has said in a statement that he misspoke in his comments to media about residential schools.
2: So in that statement, Alan lajon acknowledged schools were designed to assimilate Indigenous children and, quote, eradicate Indigenous culture. That was his statement that was made following these comments at the podium yesterday.
5: From uh, my knowledge of it, um, the the residential school system was designed to take Indigenous children and give them the skills and abilities they would need to fit into uh, society as it moved forward.
2: NDP leader Wab Kanu was standing by to speak to the media after the new minister was done talking, but says in that moment he couldn't sit quietly by after hearing what Lajah had to say, so this happened.
6: I am an honorary witness for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Listen to the stories of the survivors. Yes. And I cannot accept you saying what you just said about residential schools. It was the expressed intent of residential
0: schools to kill the Indian in the child. Wob canoe is leader of the opposition in Manitoba and joins us now. Good morning, Wob.
8: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, uh, listen, I can't imagine that this is the first time you've been in a room and heard people speak on truths that, that would have your blood boiling or have you concerned. What, what was it yesterday that made you or allowed you perhaps to take the steps forward that you did to to physically interrupt uh, the new minister yesterday?
8: Well, uh, as I explained uh, in that clip, you know, I was um, asked to be an honorary witness by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and really the survivors of the residential schools uh, sharing their stories at that event and other events uh, sort of invested in us as witnesses uh, a certain responsibility to keep their stories going, to keep the living memory alive of that experience, and, and to ensure that the, the truth is known by all Canadians. And so, you know, prior to the clip that you played, the minister also said that, you know, on a few occasions that residential schools, the people who started them, ran them, had good intentions, which is, uh, it, it's just inaccurate. It's historically inaccurate. And so more than anything, I just felt a sense of responsibility to try and correct the record. And I want to make clear um, for your listeners and for everybody that I do not condemn the man. I do not condemn the person. I don't condemn Mr. Lajemodier, and I don't dismiss the possibility of him working as the minister. But what what I did want to condemn was the words and the idea behind them. And I think that that's an important distinction because as we're in this moment where a lot of Manitobans and Canadians are thinking about these issues, I imagine Mr. Elijah is not the only person who holds similar views. And so I want to try and find a way to bring people along, to educate, to correct perhaps, but not to humiliate, rather to try and bring people along and hopefully we can bring people together.
1: Now, Wab, you said you will try to work with the new minister, but is it going to work? Like, should he even stay on?
8: Well, you know, I think it's it's definitely going to be an uphill uh, battle for him after the start, but like I said, I don't dismiss it. And the reason why I don't dismiss it is, you know, let's, let's broaden this out for a second beyond the Manitoba legislature. Let, let's just go out to the broader society. You know, there's going to be a lot of barbecues and picnics, backyard pool parties, maybe even this weekend, where people are talking about the residential school disclosures in Mark Graves. And, you know, I'm sure the vast majority of people are just going to shake their head and be like, you know, what happened to those kids was really bad. But I'm sure in some of those conversations, people are going to say things that might make um, the majority of us uncomfortable, or they might say things that are historically inaccurate but we have relationships with these people there are friends there are in-laws there are relatives and so we can't just dismiss people we can't write them off instead we have to try and educate and bring people along because to me that's what reconciliation is we have to try and bring people together you know we think about these last few weeks in our province like from the disclosures of the unmarked graves to the conversation about how we're going to mark Canada Day this year to the statues to the comments from the premier and others like at this point i think we're probably all feeling like, okay, now is the time to bring people together. We got to bring people together. And so hopefully part of what happened yesterday is it's just an opportunity to reflect and for people to take stock and think, you know, speaking to somebody out there who may even have a view similar to Mr. Modi, maybe just now is the time to think, you know what, that may be my thought, but maybe the first thing that I should be saying is, yeah, what happened to those kids was a shame. And now let's talk about what comes next
2: in those conversations. And we talked to you just a few weeks ago while right. the idea of like, how do you interject? You know, when you hear something that you want to counter with the truth, how do you step in in that moment? How do you do that with family and friends? And in that moment yesterday, yes, it's it's in a political background, but these are people we all, you, Alan, everybody, we, we elect them to represent us. And so the PC caucus yesterday put out that tweet, which I'm sure you've seen, they've since deleted it, but it said, we are all committed to meaningful progress and reconciliation. The political showmanship of storming into someone's press conference to bully a minister who was sworn in only 10 minutes earlier does nothing to advance reconciliation. That was the tweet from the PC caucus. It was since deleted. What's your response to that, the use of the words showmanship, bullying, and all the rest in that moment?
8: Well, I mean, they got to say something, right? But uh, I just, I just don't agree with the approach that they're taking because, again, it's about division. And it's about uh, partisanship. When this issue, it's about dignity. It's about children's lives that were lost. It's about the nature of our society and how do we want to move forward? You know, how are we going to build a, a, a Manitoba where every child matters and every child can succeed? So there is no big plan. There's no political, you know, a strategy on my part. Because, you know what, when I went into the legislature yesterday, I did not expect a new minister to defend residential schools. So how could I make a plan if, like, I don't think anyone expected that. But when it happened, I think there is a responsibility to try and correct the record. And, you know, that's where I work. That's the conversation I'm a part of. But hopefully other Manitobans and other Canadians recognize that, yeah, you know what, if you are having a conversation and you hear something that's a little off or something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe there is a way that you can say something that doesn't totally... You know, attack or or condemn the other person, but still gives them a room to learn. Still gives them a room to grow.
0: Well, we're we're six years removed in December from the release of the findings, the six volumes of the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. You were a part of that as a as a, as a witness, as an honorary witness, and you can explain that to us and and what that means in in just a moment. And you did a good job of of outlining why that role played a part in what you did yesterday. But here we are six years removed from this and these 94 calls to action. How do we move forward? I've said it a couple times this morning. How can you have reconciliation without an acknowledgement of truth?
8: Yeah, no, you're right. Whoever came up with that phrase, truth and reconciliation, they really knew what they were doing by putting those two ideas together. You have to have an acknowledgement and acceptance of the truth in order to set the stage for for reconciliation. You know, that's what the honorary witnesses of the TRC, uh, that's what that was all about. It was an invitation to come here, listen to these survivors because at some point in the future, it's not a day that I look forward to, but there will be a day in Canada where the survivors aren't around to tell their stories anymore. And the ask was, help keep these stories alive, keep the living memory alive. And when Murray Sinclair released that final report in 2015, he said, you know, we're putting this report out so no one can ever deny the truth of what happened in residential schools. And I remember listening to that in 2015, and I, and I was thinking, no way, there's no way anyone's ever gonna deny what happened with residential schools. Hmm. But yet here we are six years later, and we're seeing it happen in various venues. So it really is a reminder of why that work is important. And I want to make clear, like, I'm sure a lot of people hear this and they're like, okay, indigenous person, indigenous issue, et cetera. But I just want to make clear, this is an issue that affects us all. You know, the TRC, it showed us that indigenous peoples were damaged by this whole experience. We know that we're still tragically finding the graves that are proof of that damage to Indigenous peoples. But I also want everyone else to understand, like, you have been damaged too, as a non-Indigenous person. Like, you've been damaged because for the past 150-plus years, you've lived in a province and in a country where not everyone has been able to reach their full potential. And we're all poorer for that. So how about for the next 150 years, we find a, a constructive and respectful way to work together So that everyone in manitoba everyone in canada can reach their full potential and then this country that i'm so very proud of as a patriot this province that i'm so very proud to serve we can say that we're going to make it even better than it already is and so to me that's the hope and that was the example of the residential school survivors who experienced something terrible but they didn't respond with anger instead they responded with compassion and with love and they put that into the calls to action
2: And it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as you talk through this that you're you're being far more gracious than I think I would have the ability to do, Wob, given your father's history and your own personal connections to this, and all the things you've probably felt and thought over the years. And I was curious as I was listening. To the exchange yesterday, you know, we've talked a lot about education, right, and how we all need to do a better job of educating ourselves and not waiting for someone to tell us but go out and read more. There's lots of great books, lots of great war resources, free courses that we can take to help better sure. understand. And I'm, I'm just curious, you know, for politicians, what is there anything, if you're a newly elected MLA coming into government at the legislature, is there... A, Is that offered? That's part of a course at the city of Winnipeg. Other institutions have implemented it. Is there any sort of Indigenous history or learning that's offered to MLAs? Because we clearly have a wide swath of people that still need to hear more.
0: No,
8: there isn't. But, uh, you know, it's a good idea. And I I do support the idea of that um, sort of training uh, for people who are, you know, we could call it mid-career because you know the way things are going in our province is this the, the teachers in schools K to 12 post secondary i think they're doing a a pretty good job mm-hmm. of teaching young people about some of this history and you know there's more work to do there for sure but i think they're they're being good leaders but the question is what about all the rest of us who went to school 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago when this stuff wasn't taught how do we reach people there and so hopefully you know we can do that without shaming people or without you know making people feel guilty but hopefully we can also do it in a straightforward way that acknowledges the truth because again if we look in the mirror you know talking collectively here we look in the mirror in a straightforward honest way then i think that's going to be the best uh, start for uh, the next steps that we want to take as a province and as a country
1: Wab Canoe is leader of the opposition, joining us live on the start. Wab, thank you very much for this. Much appreciated.
8: Well, thanks for having me back and have a great day.
1: It is 849 on 680 CJOB with Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And again, our question of the day, considering the recent comments by the newly appointed Minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Affairs, what do you think should happen? Oh, this uh, This started off this morning around 72% With his apology is enough, but now it's down to 55. 55% say his apology is enough. Everyone deserves a second chance. 45% say he should resign. So the pendulum is shifting. You can cast your vote at cjob.com. I guess it's swinging. I've mixed up some phrases there.
2: And Brett, if I could just quickly jump in. We had a listener ask, why are we not having the new minister on to explain for himself? I just want to say again, we asked this newly appointed Indigenous Reconciliation Affairs Minister to join us this morning and we're told he wasn't speaking to media this week.
1: What do we got here?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mackling McGarry McNabb. I believe this is the favourite summer song of one Gabrielle Marchand, our weekly Gab with Gabby. Yes.
9: From Global yes. News. Sunny, boney M.
1: Oh, wow. It's good for you for picking a Boney M song that, like, I don't think I even know this. I love it's Boney Aunt M. Mary's
2: boy, boy Child, <laughs> which is, like, the only Boney M song I know, and I do love it. Don't get me wrong.
1: <laughs> what about Rasputin?
2: <laughs> All good. I literally, a literally shoulder shaker.
9: I dance partied to Ra-Ra Rasputin in my living room alone the other day, and I was like, oh, God, this is the height of loserdom. <laughs> Just having a solo dance party, doing lunges to Ra-Ra Rasputin in your living room.
1: I don't think that's
0: loserdom. Greg, do you think that's loserdom? Absolutely not. Music is like wine. Whatever wine you like is a good wine. Whatever music you like is good
1: music. So great song selection, Gabby. So that's your favorite summer song, song of the summer. Is there like a story attached to that or just whatever?
9: Well, Loren said it makes you shake your shoulders. They say sunny over and over and over. So it's really driving the message home into your brain makes me happy
1: all right well let's switch from sunshine to ice cream specifically craft macaroni and cheese ice cream we talked about this on national macaroni and cheese day and you shamed me for suggesting on social media that i would like to try
0: it
9: i offered to stage an intervention out of the kindness of my heart i love craft dinner more than anything i still eat it all the time as an adult i do not want it in ice cream form what about you guys greg loren would you eat this
0: I'm not interested in trying this. I, I don't know why they try to complicate things by by train to, trying to make something that's delicious somehow in their mind more delicious. It's, it's like the recipe that my mom used to make sometimes and then she'd add celery or onions or whatever. Oh, just have it. You don't even taste it. Well, why'd you put it in there then if I'm not going to taste it? If it doesn't have an effect on the taste, don't make it with that. And and you know have you ever have you ever been somewhere and I'll try the alligator tastes like chicken perfect I'll have chicken then. <laughs> That's a great point.
2: It is. That is a good point.
1: <laughs> okay, so Greg's out and Loren, Just to confirm, where were you on the uh, the KD ice cream? No,
2: it's nonsense. And again, yeah, sure. Like I make craft dinner for my kids, and then I hope and pray they don't eat all of it. I love it. I'm not saying I don't like craft dinner, but I do not ever want to touch this. Look at it, smell it. No.
1: All right, so now, as far as food goes, where do you draw the line? Is that where you would draw the line, or because you seem like somebody who would eat almost anything?
9: Really. I'm pretty adventurous. I mean, I used to. It's now the pandemic, so not anymore. But I would eat stuff off the floor all the time, regardless of where it dropped. Like I'm, I am a, a woman of many tastes. Uh, adventurous when it comes to food, I, I think. Yeah, like the Poutine Craft Dinner too. I, I thought about it. Maybe I'll try that one. I think when it's combining something that really shouldn't be sweet and making it a de- a dessert, I I don't know what my line is, but this this is the line. Okay. Let's say Craft Dinner Ice Cream is the line going forward. All
0: right. So what about uh, time you uh, your car failed you? We have interesting relationships with our car. I marveled at this S O uh, commercial. Uh, that's running right now, about thanking your car. It's been there for you, and and you need to give it the, the most expensive uh, and delicious gasoline. What about uh, you? Have you had uh, some run-ins with your car where it's let you down in a massive fashion?
9: I have the opposite. I had a car, my first car, I called her Paris, Paris of the Prairies, an old toyota corolla she was golden she had golden hair hence the hence the paris and and i treated that car very poorly had about three hundred thousand kilometers on it many many years of wear would never plug it in during north battleford winters minus 40 outside paris would still get going in the morning it was incredible and i didn't feed her premium fuel either so (laughs) i'm not sure what that relationship was all about uh you have a story, right, Brett? You had your car break down on you.
1: Yeah, I was at the golf course in St. Pierre Jolie, and uh, my car just wouldn't start. It was dead, and we had all kinds of speculation and theories. Is it the alternator? Is it my ignition system? I don't know what it is, I but I was betting on the battery because this has happened before. The car is 10 or 11 years old now, and batteries die. And sure enough, my buddy... Uh, Dropped in a new battery, fired up, no problem, good to go, purring like a kitten. So. But that's amazing about your Toyota. That's further yeah, proof that, you know, Toyota, mm-hmm. anybody I know who's had a Toyota, they're basically bulletproof.
9: Built to last forever. What about naming your cars? I'm just curious. Greg, oh, yeah. Lauren, do you guys name your cars?
2: Yeah, good and bad, but more just like a base on the name, right? Like, so I had a diplomat in high school, so the, the old Diplo, and then I kind of wrecked the roof on it, and it had two-tones. We called them two-tone for a while, <laughs> and that was a he, huh. And then I had an old station wagon in university, and that was a she. It was this Pontiac 6000, but we just called her P- "pauvre Ponty" French in Ottawa. It was a French car, and yeah, I had a Pontiac to 6000
1: too. My parents said, and we called it the Cie Ciel. C? you yeah. had
2: to. You just felt like <laughs> Cis Ponti. pauvre Ponty. You poor car, you. I'm treating you like crap, and still you give and give. I'll take it one step further. Forget not plugging it in. I feel like the oil change is unnecessary.
5: (laughs) Oh,
1: gosh. Oh, boy.
2: (laughs) Well, you can stretch that, right? You can stretch it from 5,000 to 9,000
9: to 15,000 kilometers. My mechanic is probably listening and frowning right now.
0: Yeah, don't. And we know he listens. He's a big fan of our show. So we got to be careful there, what you admit to. (laughs) He wouldn't like it when Ryan, uh,
2: my husband asked me the last time I had an oil change in the car. And I just looked at him and said, Never. No. No. When did you change it? I was just (sighs) like, You're looking at the wrong are you looking at me? (laughs) You wanna know when I took it for an (sighs) oil?
0: I think that's what uh, led ultimately to the death of, uh, you were talking about nicknames for cars, uh, yeah. Marshawn. Uh, we, uh, we had a Capri that we flipped the uh, letters around. We just call it the Crappy. Uh, it didn't last very long. Uh, my girlfriend, long time ago, had an MR2. We called it Mr. 2. That was an easy one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my brother's best nickname was his Kia Sportage, as they call it in the US. In Canada, we know it much better as the Sportage. It's sort of a truck car combination and in honor of Keith Kachuk, it was just uh, the Kachuk.
9: Oh, that's that's amazing. amazing. That's great.
0: I think you should call
9: your next car Chi-Chi's after your favorite restaurant, Greg.
0: (laughs) 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 You need to look up also what that that means in Spanish, Gabrielle, and then we'll talk, okay?
9: (laughs) I'm going to get an education this morning.
1: And uh, I had a a Taurus, which we simply knew as the Mighty Taurus, which was an ironic nickname because it was a piece of garbage and it was a money pit and I hated it. And I regret that every, the the fact that I bought it was a regret I carried with me for every day that I drove it.
2: Goodbye, taxing Taurus. Yeah. Chi-chi. I just Googled it. Good to know. (laughs) Not saying it. What did you find? Can't. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Say, not <laughs> <air protectable. laughs> Oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> if you wear a Chi-Chi's shirt in Mexico, and I've done it, the laughter that is induced in the marketplaces is absolutely fantastic. From all He's the the Mexican breast and Spanish speaking mer- merchants, it's fantastic. <laughs> Gabriel
1: Marchand is the host of Global News Morning on Global Winnipeg weekdays six to nine. Thank you very much for joining us, Gabby. Happy Friday, everyone. Nine fourteen 14 on CJOB. we got to give away that $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza based on your favorite summer songs. Next on The Start.
3: <laughs>
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Kind of double dipping, I suppose, on Katy Perry, California Girls. This was one of my favorite songs of the summer. We're asking you for your favorite summer song. But Greg, you you had kind of an amusing uh, exchange. with.
0: It certainly made me laugh. With uh, Was it Rose? Yeah, Rose and I went back and forth. And she says, Greg, California Girls for sure. With a five and seven year old in tow, we drove to California hitting 11 states to and from. It was a crazy long but memorable summer. And this song reminds me of it only one stone chip and nobody got sick. So success. So showing my age, my vintage, I say, well, do you prefer the David Lee Roth version or the Beach Boys version? No, no, Katy Perry version. (laughs) So (laughs) there we go. Rose and I are now connected now. And uh, apparently she had a very fun weekend with with the girlfriends uh, in the middle of the week, just wrapping up. So Rose, thanks for uh, chiming in and and making us laugh this morning.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through this uh, through our texts again, like later on today, and just make a new playlist, Loren, because we got lots of you know lots of songs I haven't heard in a while, and then just some sort of classic stuff like "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." Almost that that song comes up in almost any music topic mm-hmm. that we do. Patio uh,
2: lanterns came up. I think that comes up every time. I feel like every time I go to Brandon, that is like the theme song for that city. Every radio station there, I think it's like Kim Mitchell said, "Please play my song."
1: But I our do. our winning text. Well, Loren, why don't you read the uh, the winning text here?
2: This comes well because you know what this uh, singer. We also had him as our wedding song, but it comes from oh. Brad Paisley, not this song, but Brad Paisley. Anyway. I'm just beat this summer is the title of the song. It's by Aunt Andrea, is our winner today. And she says it's her favorite because years ago, pre child, my husband and I took a road trip to South Dakota and listened to this CD and song over and over on our trip. Every time I hear it to this day, it brings me back to driving through the Badlands, windows down, warm Dakota breeze hitting my face and not a care in the world. From that day forward, it's become our official summer road trip kickoff song, Brad Paisley's beat this summer.
1: Way to, way to go, Andrea And that painted such a great picture with that And I think we hopefully all have that kind of moment Where we can think of a road trip And think of a particular song Like there's a song by the group Foster the People And whenever I th- hear the song Helena Beat And it's not it a, a, wasn't a you know, like a smash hit or anything But it was just the song we were listening to On the way back from Wisconsin So I always think of that of Traveling through Wisconsin Whenever I hear that tune So Andrea, way to go you're taking home the pizza, the $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia pizza. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think.